0: The TNT shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. You're listening to Germ Warfare with Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. Warfare at tntradio.live. That's my email address. As always, thank you to those who send me mails and particular thanks to those who tell me where in the world they are mailing me from. It's amazing. I'm constantly actually amazed at how far my show reaches it really is something that I, I don't think I could have even considered I don't know 20 years ago maybe even, I don't know 15 years ago it's funny how how the internet has made the world smaller um, for me that is an absolutely wonderful thing I love the fact that technology is moving forward of course as you know from conversations on TNT there are lots of things to worry about with tech but I think it's just a tool it's just a tool and right now we are using it for Good. I will be in this uh, non-home location for I think another 10 days and then I'm back to my, back to my studio. Jump into the live chat and uh, if you are watching via the video live feed, welcome. It's nice to have you around. I will be with you for the next hour. I think Alex and I can't see who's behind you, Alex. Is it Joel? Yes, it is Joel. All right, gents. Let's, uh, let's go to Nick. My name is germ This is Jim Warfare, the battle of ideas. Keeping the commitment. I
0: love you guys. Unbelievable. 24-7. Listen to you every day, half for years. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Ah, My good friend Nick Hudson, happy 2024. Happy New Year to you too, Jim. I I think there's plenty to be happy about, don't you think?
2: Yes, I'm feeling pretty chipper at the moment. Looking forward to taking on the year after a good break. Um, well, I mean, define
1: break. The last three years have been breaking. <laughs> yes.
2: A lot of things were broken this year, the last three years, four years. It's four years, Jim.
0: Can oh, you believe four it? years, yes. Four years four. of oh, complete and
2: utter nonsense with a threat of more to come in numerous guises as our uh, fearless leaders take us in pursuit of yet another fate crisis.
1: Yeah, so Nick, you and I uh, had brunch a week or two ago, and uh, something that we were chatting about is this idea of uh, the the dangers of ultra uh, pessimism, ultra cynicism, black pill culture. Uh,
2: Why do you think it's dangerous? I I think that a lot of the time, people tell themselves a story um, that is giving too much credit to their perceived enemies. And for them, it's very easy to fall into cynicism where everything is false and everyone's controlled opposition and everything they have ever learned to is false and every theory about how the world really works must be true because the establishment has always been wrong. But they begin to question things which I don't think the, the questioning is very fruitful or the process is very fruitful and start conceiving of uh, plots and uh, 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 intentionality where there's really emergence and so on. Mm. Uh, Whereas the world is complicated. Yes, there's planning. Yes, there is conspiracy. Yes, there are power blocks that we should fear but act courageously against and so forth. But that doesn't mean there aren't an incredibly large number of factors in our favor Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that the crises that are served up to us the fake crises um aren't also opportunities and can't be turned against them Um, yeah and i
1: think i think the other thing to consider also nick is that nuance uh I've, i've i've found that a lot of people shall we say on our side for the last few years have also lost this, their sense of nuance. It's either one or zero, right? So
2: you're either a, a mirror image of you or you are the devil. That's that's exactly right. And you, you, you also get this when it comes to criticism of public figures, especially um, public figures in the, the dissident movement, if you like. The resistance, you know. Um, the skeptics, they're short, sure, that's the word that you used. i I like using the term skeptics um Mm. there's an endless degree of gray between the black and white of the good and evil you know Mm. um yeah Yeah, and and the other thing
1: also is that well i was just going to jump in and say that it's always a case of they are ahead of the game they are better than us we are the perpetual victims and if you have that mindset, you are never going to win anything.
2: Yeah, 100%. And the, the example I quite like to refer to is the example of behavioral science. I mean, one of the more reprehensible features of the whole COVID bullshit narrative was the, the, the weaponization of nudge units, behavioral science teams that were put in place to manipulate public opinion. And they're not Mm. trying to manipulate public opinion in the direction of truth, of fact. They're trying to manipulate them into positions of perception of an exaggerated risk. uh, And with that, then intending to go on to utilize that sense of exaggerated threat to justify all sorts of deprivations in the fields of human rights and uh, standards of living and so on. Um, So, none of that is good. Governments should not be turning behavioral science against the citizenry. So, don't get me wrong. But it's I I think people greatly over-elaborate the extent to which that behavioral science is actually a science and is effective in... um, Propelling narratives. What I think is terribly effective is the sheer quantum of money that's used to promote the narratives. It's less about the science of how to manipulate people than it is about the fact that you've got a a, a marketing budget that's 10,000 times that of the other side.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, and have you noticed that the, the, ultra cynic or the the black pulled individual uh seems to ignore human nature all the time um it's a case of they everything is planned everything they are just brilliant nick they are they are just so smart all the time
2: yes and and when i read their materials listen to their speeches i see anything but intelligence whether we're talking Mm. about bill gates or klaus schwab or Matt Hancock or Tony Blair or Barack Obama or, you know, you name it. None of these characters demonstrate depth of thinking or capacity. Um, they don't seem to really have a, 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 they can't draw a bead on human nature. They, they don't understand the uh, challenges presented by complexity. They overestimate their own abilities and competencies and the the, the values and um, intellectual capabilities of the so-called elite. That's a pretty consistent theme for me and they also underestimate the the, the the common sense intelligence of ordinary people and 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 the abilities of very intelligent people which who you know the, and those people are identifiable by having a healthy respect for complexity and being reluctant to assume that they could plan and control the world in the interest of the greater good. That's a fundamentally dumb thing to think. So if you are a centralizer or a person who believes that you know the world would be much better if only I was in power, I think you are by definition stupid.
1: It's <laughs> a great comment here, uh, Nick. Uh, Lodders says, nudging us to accept scarcity and hopelessness.
2: Yes, which I, I think runs, ag- as you say, runs against human nature. Mm. I'm, I'm not going to accept scarcity. I want a world yeah. of abundance. I, I, this, this whole, this little word sustainability has so much weight to it, and it's freighted with so much meaning that that is not actually um, inherent to the strict definition of the world, word, you know? I mean, if, if you imagine if there'd been a sustainability movement in, say, 1800, that said, listen, we're running out of resources, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna stop progress. We're gonna, we're gonna clamp down, we can't carry on growing because we're gonna outstrip the resources of the, of the planet. So that means not only are we gonna have to stop uh, reproducing, but we're also gonna have to stop increasing our rate of consumption per capita. And the world had been frozen in a level of progress around 1800 i think the attempt to freeze the world now to 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 end progress and to stop population growth will appear no different in 200 years time you know we we people looking back will say jeepers just as well they didn't freeze the world you know look how much progress has been made i mean if we compare yeah. 2030 you well, are 2023 to 2024 i guess we're in To 1800, living standards have skyrocketed. The percentage of people in poverty has absolutely plummeted. Um, There are all sorts of inventions that make life more pleasant, more interesting, that allow you, that allow human beings to spend more time um, doing the things that stimulate their curiosity and inventing new things, and so on. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't like to go back to the living standards and uh uh global characteristics of of 1800 and i think people in 2200 won't want to go back to the living standards of 2024 mm. um you know the, the, what knowledge does is it teaches us how to transform matter and energy from forms that are not useful into forms that are use, useful and so, what we do is we create new explanations for how the world works, and those new explanations enable a, a range and degree of transformation that was hitherto uh, not contempt, contemplate, what, contemplatable. Um, and it's, it's, that's always true, you, you know, we, there, there's no shortage of atoms in the observable universe. There's no shortage of energy in the observ- observable universe. And as long as you've got atoms and energy, then you can transform matter from one form into another. And so all this talk of running out, of the Malthusian scarcity trap, is always framed in the context of existing technologies. And it, it, it is a fundamentally hopeless doctrine. It doesn't recognize the ingenuity and creativity of, of humans it fails to recognize human nature the hope the inventiveness and and most importantly i mean these guys they're actually you know really uh anti-human yes because they kind of see inanimate objects as worth protecting at the expense of human beings and i'm exactly the yeah, opposite bugger the, you know bugger the yeah, exactly what's that it's a yeah. rock why am i interested in the future of a rock I'm interested in humankind. If doing something to that rock helps humankind, then I'm all for it. But this, uh, this idea that we ought to eradicate this chemical scum on the surface of the rock because that chemical scum, the human beings, is not important and the rock's future is threatened by that chemical scum, that idea is just bananas. The chemical but scum Nick, on the surface of the planet is the most important important thing in in the observable universe. But
1: why do you think some people actually adopt this idea? And I don't mean those high up the uh, food chain. I mean those on the on ground level.
2: I can only imagine that they must be possessed of an extraordinary degree of self-loathing. When, when, when I look around the world, I, I see good i see i see interest i see curiosity i see opportunity and i love the fact that human beings are social animals who work together to create new things um you know to plant a garden where previously there was a desert at the risk of misquoting bertrand russell um Mm -hmm. And that, that, for me, makes of humans a, a huge virtue. So whilst I, I as you know, am a, a very ardent nature lover and a person who spends an enormous amount of time in nature, in rainforests, in the savannah, uh, in the sea, um, lover and a person who spends an enormous amount of time in nature, in rainforests, in the savannah, uh in the sea um i i i don't love it at at the expense of human beings i think Mm. preserving wild places and ecological diversity and not polluting wetlands are are noble pursuits because they serve humans
1: Mm. nick i'm gonna quickly go to a break i'll be back you shortly my name is germ this is tnt tnt radio's kate shamirani
3: don't stop taking prescription medication always go and see your indoctrinated gp always but with psychiatric drugs you have to actually wean off them they're very addictive and you have to wean off them now i find all this really concerning but what i cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all they just let it on the market all the time sugar 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 and then that's not even to bring in like msg monosodium glutamate and and i i i can say you know you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food there's nothing to eat in there I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places and if you go into the supermarket there's only the first two aisles that have got real food the rest it's not food and I see what people buy I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys not them don't get all excited but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying and it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenage brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age.
0: Kate Shemarani on TNT Radio. When the world's endangered animals need help most. When their lives are at greatest risk. When they would otherwise be lost. The International Fund for Animal Welfare is there. Taking action. To rescue the animals we love. To protect them and their threatened natural habitats. But the danger to animals the world over is growing, and the need for your help has never been more urgent. On land, you'll help stop poachers from threatening and killing elephants and big cats for the illegal wildlife trade. In the oceans, you'll help rescue dolphins, whales, and seals from deadly hazards. And you'll help rescue, rehabilitate, and release vulnerable animals when disasters strike. Here at home and around the world, we can't do this work without you. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNTradio.live.
1: Today's news talk radio. TNT. Nick, we are just chatting about uh, the dangers of being black pulled. And uh, yep. someone said to me the other day, yeah, but Jerm, that is that is reality. You know, you, you're just trying to uh, put blinkers on.
2: Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I, I would differ with that opinion. It seems obvious to me that the the old guard are panicking. All the censorship and the, the, the new legislation trying to shut down dissent on the internet, all the attempts to uh, drum up fear, uh, fear of solar flares and cyber attacks and fear of deadly viruses and fear of global warming and fear of, um, uh, yeah, foreigners, you know, uh, the waves of immigrants. Now these are uh, clearly sort of not entirely without a basis in fact, um, in some cases, but the fact that they're trying so hard and taking such desperate measures, I mean, as you know, I'm no big Trump fan, but I think that removing Trump from the ballot in Colorado and Maine, I think it was, is an extraordinary move, indicative of people who are terrified. They're out of their minds when they start doing things like that. I think that trying to clamp down on X, the platform, Twitter, um, and prevent it from Allowing certain people to say thing, despite say anything, despite the fact that it's actually already got an incredibly efficient suppression algorithm. Um, these are all indicative to me of of uh, a, a kind of establishment old guard that's in flight. They're they're in um, a process of watching their world crumble around them mm. and losing hope for the projects that they. Held out as virtuous, which of course weren't virtuous. And I think that environment spells opportunity and for opportunity for communities and small small companies to thrive and in, in the vacuum left by these strange the strange mandarinate of bureaucrats and the managerialist classes, who by and large are incompetent people. Yeah. Well, that's the
1: point, actually. Um, so, I like I like the the view that there is this combination of design and emergence. So, let me give you the, yeah. the, the 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 big picture how I see it. Right, you've got all these frameworks. They are obviously very powerful people, very powerful organizations. Of course, governments, etc. You've got the United Nations with with its buy-in from almost two hundred countries. You've got all these groups like. and World Economic Forum and the Clinton Foundation, et cetera, et cetera, right? They all exist. They all exert significant influence over policies and frameworks, but there are also competing interests. Um, And people forget this. It's always in lockstep. No, it isn't always in lockstep. Um, And that's why, for example, yes, you had this, this, um, this collusion of lockdowns in 2020, but I don't think, for example, they expected human nature in the form of say, the truckers in Canada. It was a big effort to say no. We won't accept this, and that's human nature.
2: Yeah, and you see the same thing happening right now with the farmers in Germany. It happened yeah. and in months Holland. ago. With the farmers in Holland, um, and I don't know that they they really have any idea what to do about this. Um, you know, the one one of the things I've been watching. Is this this whole narrative ar- around um, the the ecological approach, the ecosystem approach, as they call it? This this is a story, you know. You, you've got these CIA cutout organizations; they're sprinkled around the world. There, you know, there must be thousands of them. So they're they're ways of getting around the problem that that the CIA is not meant to be running foreign policy or domestic policy. You know, <laughs> the CIA is meant to be about gathering intelligence. So they get around the various um, legal limitations on on their direct actions by setting up these NGOs and funding them by what what are essentially money laundering schemes, and yeah, you know, there's some very big ones that are quite easy to track. They're quite public, like the National Endowment for Democracy, which has chapters all over the world. Yeah, I mean, so here in South Africa, there's a there's a there's an office for the national in, in National Endowment for Democracy, and you can see the journalists who are on the committees or on the payroll, and you can see the articles that they write. Now, that's all completely transparent. If you've got half a brain, you can go, oh, Steve Friedman at the WITS International Policy Unit or whatever, mumbo jumbo, talk shop, outfit, think tank, whatever it is um, he's at, is also the head of the, the, the South African chapter of the National Endowment for Democracy. So, who, what is he? Well, he's a paid hack for the CIA. That's what he is, he's a CIA asset. Now, we, we should all be aware of what the CIA cutout organizations are doing and saying because what, what they do, and this is one of the things that's become very visible in the last few years, where, whereas previously they kind of suppressed the story around it, but what, what the CIA does is it puts itself in the position of being able to topple any government anywhere in the world they don't like the policies they will ha- they will make sure that the minister is replaced it's just happened right now in south africa we had the guy who was looking after energy was a guy by the name of Gwede mantashe and yes. he was very clearly beginning to wake up to to the bullshit of the climate change crisis and the renewables energy scam and all the fraud that goes around goes on around that Uh, trough. He was waking up to it. Guess what? Yesterday he was replaced with a very renewables-friendly energy minister who's going to make sure that we don't get a solution to our rolling blackouts in South Africa. Now you can bet your bottom dollar that you can join the dots between that political action and one or another of the CIA cutouts that you can take to the back.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that I was thinking about also is that when when you actually come down to brass knuckles, right? The reality is a lot more bland than than what the Blackpool folks like to make out. They they like yeah. to think that everything has been designed for for us mere mortals. The reality is that as you pointed out number one they're bumbling buffoons half the time they are still trying to figure things out themselves they just happen to have the might of the corporations and and the state behind them but at the same time people like us can make a difference and that's the white cool. idea the, the, the white pole idea yeah. is okay we have this and we have this information i'm glad that they're telling us what they want to do like they want to implement vaccine passports or whatever. So now we know what to do. Well, we can figure out what to do with that information, Nick.
2: Yes, I mean we we, we can, and we we can also rest assured that eventually all those policies of centralists will fail. Uh, we ha- we've seen some of them fail with spect- to expect- to spectacular effect. For example, in Sri Lanka, the whole. Uh, anti-nitrogen agriculture approach collapsed almost the moment it was implemented. You know, it didn't last more than a few days. Um, and I think it, that would be true for a, a great many of the policy preferences of the global elite. Um, when, when you read their documents, and, and it's, it's it's really, I, th- I think, you know, when it comes to that discussion around planning and emergence, I probably am Closer, more in the planning camp than the in, in the emergence camp, relative to the average Joe out there, because we've spent time going through and tracing the origins of bad ideas. Yeah, and you can find roots to the whole climate crisis narrative going back a hundred years. You, you know, somebody pointed out there was a new one that was pointed out to me the other day, an an act. Dating back to 1969 in the United States, the National Environmental Policy Act. And so many of the bad ideas were actually rooted in that piece of legislation. That, you know, 25 years later or so, Al Gore has this task force on ecosystems, um, and yeah, guess what? Lots of funding from the Rockefellers and so on, and and you have these sort of i call them jargon ecosystems where they've lost touch with reality they just they create phrases that they kind of like and those phrases go grow into uh paragraphs and chapters and entire books but build they back start better yeah that's right like slogan those are, those are more at the sloganeering end of things but the actual sort of generative phrases ecosystem management you know Global natural asset um, yes uh, itemization there's been this project to to kind of record all the natural assets of the earth you know when I have a database that has information about the state of all the rivers and all the inland water bodies and the ocean temperature all over the planet and the degree of forestation and the uh, average humidity and the extent of arable land and the percentage that's already under agriculture and so on and so forth. They want to have all this data because there's one of the core animating uh, foolish beliefs of the globalists is that the only thing that prevents central control from being effective is a shortage of data, which is, of course, absolute nonsense. So their belief is that if we collect more information about the world, then we'll be able to control it well. But that's false. Uh,
1: I love this comment. Um, yeah, let me find it here. The only design is the chaos that ensues.
2: That's, that's right. I think that's about right. When people try to centrally control complex systems, they inevitably give rise to chaos. Now, what, what, so where's the white pill in all of that? Well, they will be missing the real opportunities presented by technology. They will see it all in terms of con- control and um, in terms of yeah, surveillance and observation. The inventiveness will come from where it's always come. which it, you know, We don't have progress and innovation and economic growth arising because of international talk shops and governments and large corporations. Those are almost by definition places in which innovation does not happen. So the only way that they can accumulate economic wealth is by stealing it, Uh, and they can do that in various guises. They can plunder your pension plan. They can lobby governments to uh, crush opposition, smaller companies that are yapping at their heels, or to make the regulatory playing field suit the incumbent. Lots of things they can do to steal money, but there's nothing they can do to innovate. That's not within their ambit. Innovation comes from decentralized places. It comes from conjecture and criticism. It comes from multiple attempts to solve the edge problems presented by complex systems. Mm. Many attempts fail. That's the nature of markets.
1: Yeah, I just realized now while you were talking, Nick, so a very simplified way of looking at this is that black pull culture is about losing. White pull culture is about winning.
2: 100%. Yeah if, if mm. you adopt this blackpool culture you stop believing in anybody the, the yeah. very blackpool people everybody's can't bad. Say, haven't got yeah haven't got a good thing to say about any leader or about any opinion um, mm. and they take up these extreme positions and if you are, if you're not signed up to the entire list of extreme positions yeah that viruses don't exist at all or that um, uh, Anybody who is uh, remotely in favor of something other than radical libertarianism is some kind of traitor to humanity. Yeah. These, the, if you don't sign up to their extreme, their particular favorite extreme position, then, then you're one of them. And so they end up painting themselves into a minority of w- one, very much like the Monty Python skit with uh, mm. the the people's liberation front of judea and uh, and the people's freedom front of judea <laughs> arguing against one another you know these these splinter groups that are eventually splintered into into political parties of one you know um, but that's and, i mean that is what but, it yeah. is i think i think jordan
1: peterson actually spoke about it in a different sense but basically it's he uses the term intersectionalism referring to that the whole lgbtq thing but it's the same yeah. thing they they keep I mean, dividing and dividing and dividing. And as much as I do love skeptics, uh, they fall into the category of subdividing themselves. And, and then, they, then they create opposition and enemies
2: with people on their own side. They shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, I've, I've had some classic moments in recent weeks. I mean, you, you saw how old uh, Paul came after me on our little Christmas show the other day. Yeah, I, it's unfathomable to me, what, 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 what gripe does he have? What have I said that's upset him? What is, he, what is his operating theory on who Nick Hudson is and what I'm trying to do? Whatever it is is wrong, because nobody would be as sort of annoyed as he was with me, um, unless they believed something about me that wasn't true. And I had another example just the last couple of days. I, I had a video that went pretty viral in which I did a four minute rundown of the, the first 30 days of the COVID pandemic, and what that video seeks to do, and I believe does pretty effectively, is make it clear that the entire story was premeditated bullshit, that the things that were compressed into a 26-day period starting in late December and ending in late January uh, are implausible, that they can't just happen in an emergent fashion, right? Now to compress that kind of 26-day timeline during which so many things happen into four minutes requires a little bit of preparation and, uh, and, and, and a little bit of concentration. But I picked up, somebody had done a, like a fairly significant video, 15 or 20 minute, minute video critiquing that four minute uh, timeline and his, he had a major complaint to make about it. I had failed to mention anything about the opioid crisis in America. Now I'm talking about a global phenomenon. I'm talking about the specific thing of the 26 day timeline. I'm trying to keep it as tight as possible Mm. and to do it in as as compressed a timeframe as possible. But this guy was so annoyed that I didn't mention his favorite topic, which is the opioid crisis in that little compressed four minute timeline that he went and made a video criticizing me. Now, he's a good guy. (laughs) I, I know him, you know, I, he's done some incredible research and analytic work. So I'm not going to criticize him and, and his efforts. I see, I see him as a person who's added a huge amount to our uh, side, if you like. But it's, it's rather, uh, it's just a good example of, of what can happen when you swallow too many red pills and become yeah. a little bit black pill. Now he's doubting okay. me because in my four-minute timeline, I didn't mention his topic.
1: All right, Nick, I'm gonna continue with that in a moment. I just quickly am gonna go to a break. Uh, My name is Jim, this is TNT.
2: While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful That means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can
3: to make things better.
0: DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways.
2: Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the
0: world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. The next time you think you can illegally handle your mobile phone while driving, and get away with it, think again. Phone detection cameras are in operation on New South Wales roads. Hello. So if you're driving and illegally handle your mobile phone, you can stop it or cop it. Talk that matters. Germ warfare and Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Yeah, Nick, there's a comment here um, saying flat earther. And I have found this also. Now, I don't mind talking about the shape of earth. In fact, Nick, I love it. Uh, these guys are fun, they are not dumb, uh, contrary to popular belief, they are okay, probably the most extreme skeptics out there. But whatever. The point is that if I have to have a conversation and I say the word global, for example, this is what happens in that in that sort of blackpool thinking. Uh, they see the word global get triggered, and then suddenly the entire conversation gets derailed and we can no longer talk yeah. about the actual talking point. The same thing happens with viruses. Now um, yes. I have no I have no qualms with the conversation whatsoever, but the moment you say virus and the whole thing gets derailed and now you have to now talk about whether or not viruses exist and you can't talk about the actual talking point.
2: So it's a type of trolling. Yeah, okay, so the one observation I would make is I think that phenomenon only really exists in social media, right? You yes. have to have a, ch- a chat room and a comments room because yeah, out in the street, People don't believe <laughs> You <Yeah. it. laughs> know. They've gotten quite used to a whole bunch of things that only make sense. Seasons, you know, uh, the positions of the planets, the uh, relative position of the planets, I should say. Uh, well, there are all sorts of things that only really make sense or can only be easily explained by the, the heliocentric model of the solar system. And uh, the, I, I've heard some of these attempts to sort of, explain how why the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere have different mm. seasons or opposite seasons when the earth is flat stupid mr hudson you know but, but the point is but they aren't point they aren't
1: yes but the point is is that it's not about the discussion itself it's the fact that yeah. it gets derailed
2: yes the, so in social media the person can come running into the room the one in a million person Mm. Can come running into the room and jump onto your chat line and say something. And if somebody is stupid enough to r- respond to it, then a whole thread of discussion ensues. But that's the kind of, that's the kind of choice a white person doesn't make. If somebody comes onto my timeline and starts, uh, you know, um, crapping me out for mentioning the word virus or pathogen or, or disease or something like that. You know saying that I'm therefore I'm obviously controlled opposition and I'm a very stupid person, and so on. I, I just don't respond, and that's the end. The guy gets one view by me, and uh, and off we go. that comment just hangs out there for prosperity to see if prosperity really minds what Arc 236 in Tallahassee has to say about the shape yes. of the Earth or the existence of viruses. you know nobody cares and that.
1: That is one of the things that really grated me the wrong way during twenty twenty three was this concept of controlled opposition. So if you disagree with somebody, then you are controlled opposition. Yes. Uh, everybody, yes. everybody, everybody is is controlled opposition unless they hold your view. So Jordan Peterson's controlled opposition, Alex Jones is controlled opposition. Whatever. The point is, is that I I, I don't quite know what the end game of this Blackpool thinking is either either they must say everything with which you agree or they are controlled or work for the cia
2: yeah and, and it's also misses the fact that there are all sorts of people who are um, acting against globalist interests in in one sort of area and unwittingly acting in a way to project globalist power in another area An example of this for me, I don't want to pick on anybody, but there's there's a famous American doctor who's done an an incredible job of um, elucidating the potential cardiac implications of the mRNA injections. Great work. You know, lots of scientific papers uh, either promoted or actually written. Uh, A lot of investigative work done. So tick. He's acting in a way that is against the interests of the globalist set. But at the same time, he sits there talking about the next pandemic. So he, yeah. he bought into a portion of the, 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 the whole pandemic preparedness nonsense and has decided that we need to come up with a better way to manage pandemics than what we did in the last four years. Now, <laughs> if pandemics were real, yeah, I'd probably think that that was not the craziest project in the world. But the point that he's missing is that the entire COVID narrative was fake. And the entire COVID narrative is not has nothing to do with a medical emergency. It's a political phenomenon. And so yeah. as long as he sits there trying to make the discussion about what to do about the next pandemic, he's misrepresenting the COVID phenomenon. He's making out that it's a medical emergency. And in that way, he's playing straight into the hands of power. They want to yes. have a rationale for continued pandemic preparedness exercises. More war gaming, more vaccine warm-based manufacturing, more money spent on harmonizing global health and med- medicinal regulation, more money spent on the World Health Organization and an international treaty, more money spent on vaccines against potential bioweapons. And that is a very destructive project and now is that person in balance a help or a hindrance huh i don't know maybe six months ago he was on balance or a help because people needed to have their eyes opened to the harms being brought about by the vaccine programs but i don't know that right now he isn't more of a hindrance yeah. because jobs that yeah. job's done that nobody's yeah. taking boosters everybody knows that these vaccines are harmful even if they won't say yeah. it, and even if you won't read it in the newspapers, because the newspapers are all controlled. I think everybody knows this already. So we I, don't need to be told anymore not to take no. a booster. 99.9% of the Earth's population have figured out. But they do have to <laughs> realize that actually the thing you got scared of in March of 2020 was uh, a chimera, uh, a kind of what's the word I'm looking for, a mirage. Fear porn. Mm. It was fear porn. And that yeah. doctor is, is doing everything he can to prevent them from seeing that, right? When he <laughs> talks about a better way to but, handle the next okay, pandemic. But, okay,
1: so, okay, but let's, let's just talk about uh, uh, the, that anonymous doctor for a moment. Do you think that that's by design or by emergence? He, the way that he uh, is I'm- responding at the moment?
2: So, so we've got to remember where does a doctor come from? He's come from the 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 pharmaceutical industry controlled medical complex, the teachings that he was exposed to when he was studying, the whole uh, marketing effort of pharmaceutical firms with their new allopathic remedies being flogged, use you know using PR agencies and advertising firms and market research companies all all peppering these doctors with incentives and information about their wonderful products and pushing them into the world view uh, that they need them to be in in order to get them to buy these products. So he's been subject, that doctor, to an awful lot of brainwashing over decades. And he will have blind spots. So it's, as, as with all things, it's got elements of planning and elements of emergence. This idea of protocol-based medicine, of evidence-based medicine, is very much uh, a story of well, you know, if we if we set up a board that tells all doctors how they need to behave in every conceivable set of circumstances, then all we need to do is control that board and tell and make that make sure that that board approves our chemical compound for use in yeah. that application, and then all the doctors all over the world will have to use it, and our marketing efforts will be done. You know, that that's kind of the world they have set about trying to create. That's that's very much. Uh, expressing the outcome of planning. But the, the doctor emerges from yeah. that system, accidentally adding fuel to the pandemic preparedness fire, is is a kind of emergent property of that system. He's not planning I, uh, to, just, to a, a mislead that, us.
1: A quote that I often use on my show, um, it's a wonderful uh, thing that, um, that Bruce Lee once said. Uh, he said, Take that which is valuable, discard that which is not, and then create what is uniquely your own. And I think that sums up a large portion of the way I do things, which is why I'm happy to talk to people with all kinds of different views. Because even if I vehemently disagree with them on say LGBTQ and transgenderism, I might agree with them on, I don't know, climate change or something. Yeah. You know, that that's the beauty of nuance and that's the beauty of Being white-pulled, you can you can find knowledge and wisdom in anything and in all things.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I mean, to use the the example that you're talking about, this whole idea that L and G have anything at all to do with T, you know, is a is is a that kind of conflation is is an example of how of the eradication of nuance. L and G are a matter of sexual preference, whereas T. Is a, is a matter of uh, asserting a claim of knowing what it's like to be something that you aren't. It's a completely different dimension. It's got nothing to do with sexual orientation. And the, the successful compla- conflation of the LG with the T is, is an example of the erasure of nuance. And we need to recover that nuance and be able to say, look, I'm all, I'm all in favor for gay rights. Yeah, that, that's fine people have their sexual preference and orientation I may not choose to do any of the things that they do I may hold them as items of distaste or uh, revulsion or whatever the case may be but but I would assert their right to pursue their their lives in the, the fashion that they choose but the, can't, the same thing can't be said about people who are mentally deranged and imagine that they know what it's like to be something that they aren't that sounds to me like a person who needs society's help and who needs their, a cognitive derangement to be corrected, you know, empathetically and, and uh, with a great deal of compassion. But I, I wouldn't assert the right or defend the right of a person to claim to know what it's like to be something they aren't. That's ridiculous, right? Mm. Um, and that's a nuanced approach to a diverse Set of things, as opposed to an unnuanced approach to LGBT, you know. Yeah. So, so I very much agree with you. It's it's recovering nuance, uh, diversity of opinion, diversity of uh, conjecture, is really that's what life is. That's what makes life worth living. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and just so so just as we're coming into the last lap, um, I just want to throw at you the 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 pills. Um, because I think they, they do help. I mean, they, they, they create a nice picture in your head. So the blue pole for, from the Matrix is that one where you, you just wake up in the morning and the world is the way you, you see it, right? Uh, there's nothing going on behind the scenes. The red pole, as we all know, is uh, you pull back the curtains and you see the world as it really is, right? The black pole yeah. is when you see the world as it really is. Everything is now doomed. There's no point to anything you wake up with no purpose, you are you are lost because they are too powerful. There's nothing you can do. So you might as well just enjoy the ride. Um, and then that's, I think that's basically when you end up on antidepressants is a very bad place to be in. And then the white pool is, which, which is where the black pull folks get confused. They think the white pool is the same as the blue pole. It's not. The white pool is, I can see all of that. It's all there. I saw what happened with the yeah. lockdowns. They were clearly, clearly in lockstep. It wasn't a coincidence but now what do I do? What do I do with that information now, Nick? Do I still wake up with purpose tomorrow? And I think the answer is yes.
2: Yeah. 100%, you wake up and you make a difference locally. You stop trying mm-hmm. to imagine that the existence of a global problem makes it impossible for you to uh, be creative and to flourish. That, that's a, 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 you know, th- that leap is, a, is a, a degenerate cognition in action. If you believe the fact that there's an SDG or a United Nations attempt to uh, introduce one-world government and systems, crazy systems of control and censorship, if you think the existence of that attempt means that it, there's no point in you trying to do anything creative or to uh, create an oasis in the desert, then then you've you've made you, you are exhibiting. Uh, cognitive de- degeneracy. Yeah. Um, we have one life. Humanity is wonderful. People are wonderful. The world is wonderful. There are endless opportunities to do good. You do. You can do good in a very local setting and have a completely fulfilling life of meaning and purpose. There's no yeah. need to wait until the very last vestige of uh, globalist aggression is expunged from the planet. Planet. You know. Yeah. Um, exactly. You get ahead, and you said you see it. As you say, I see you, United Nations. I see you, Klaus Schwab. You know, (laughs) I see you, uh, Matt Carney. Um, And you guys are all bananas. But I'm going to get on with my life and behave as if you are just stupid people saying stupid things. Yeah, that's that's exactly attitude. I'm the so glad pull, that you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Blue oh, yeah, sorry. Quickly,
2: quickly. Yeah. Go
1: on. Go on. Quickly.
2: The blue, blue pill says, I'll do whatever Matt Carney tells me to do or Tony Blair, yes or Bill Clinton or whatever. You know, I'm going to work for them. I'm going to get a nice job. No harm will come to me. You know, um, I agree with them. That's blue pill. White pill is you call the bullshit and carry mm. on at a local level and you'll end up doing completely different things. A white pill person. Ends up being generative, and actually doing something that's of use to man or beast. Where, a, as a blue pill person, just becomes another desk jockey in a depressing office job, whether at a think tank or a large yeah. corporation or some in uh, a, state bureaucracy.
1: In a weird way, uh, the big white pulled is sort of being stoic, because you you're seeing you're Very seeing close. obstacles as as opportunities. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it it encourage you know stoicism encourages the that sort of uh, the ability to retain calm. Um, yeah. it, it it encourages courage. For example, that's now courage is not the absence of fear. Uh, you know, courage is what you do in response to a fear. Do you go to pieces, um, in which case you lack courage, or do you see it and act, do something, take a stance? That's very Nick, much a stoic are- kind of perspective.
1: Look at, sorry, man, I'm jumping in, but look at the time. We are quickly running out, Done. and I want to I want to give you a chance to to promo quickly. How can I follow you?
2: Yeah. www.pandata.org is the name of the organization. And uh, I, on, on Twitter, our handle is at Pandata19. Mine is at Nick Hudson CT, CT for Cape Town. Um, so please, yeah, jump on, support us, promote our material, and we would appreciate any help with funding. We are a volunteer organization with no um, material controlling donors, all our money's from crowdfunding projects. So please do help. That's
1: something that only a controlled opposition guy would say.
2: Of course, if you're <laughs> trying to raise money, you're obviously <laughs> a grifter.
1: <laughs> Nick Katzen, thank you for joining me in the trenches as always.
2: Always a pleasure, German. Here's to a White Bull 2024
1: absolutely i'm gonna have a drink with you very very soon thank you alex and thank you joel uh for keeping the show going uh, you, if you're watching the show you can't see but the studio is starting to look very sexy alex has got this like light on him and the background is all dark and mysterious i love it <laughs> all right i'm out of here oh hi joel <laughs> i'm out of here catch you monday my name is germ this is germ warfare the battle of ideas